In this episode, Josh and myself will discuss a hot topic issue in our culture, anxiety and depression. We will give some keys to overcoming these battles and also share some personal stories. So grab your cup of coffee and join us around the table for the one where we talk about dark days. Welcome to Coffee and Convos. It's your host, Josh. As always, joined by my beautiful, lovely co-host, Becca. Becca, what is up? Nothing much. So we just went live on one of our, um, in, for youth ministry, and so uh, we decided yeah. that we were going to keep on the roll and get this recorded for this week. Yeah, yeah, we just went live <clears throat> for youth group this week, um, so... That was fun. Got some cool engagement and uh, answer some some tough questions with students and um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Um, well, welcome to Coffee and Convos. If this is your first time listening, we're so happy you're here. And uh, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, leave us a rating. Um, we would love to hear you know feedback. Um, even if you guys want to hear future stories, uh, feel free to reach out to us on social media. But um, tonight we're we're going to talk um, a, a little bit heavier kind of subject, but we just feel, especially right now in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of this kind of crisis going on in our world, um, we feel like it's a, definitely a subject to talk about. And so we just want to preface um, by saying this tonight, you know, we're going to talk on anxiety, we're going to talk on depression. Um, and so what I want to say before we say anything else on this podcast is uh, if you struggle with these things, hear me out. Um, if you leave this podcast and you, you know, let's say you finish listening and you're still struggling, um, just know this is a battle, and it's not something that is always going to be won simply in in one listen and one day. Um, it's a mindset, and and listen, like no one's here to condemn you, no one's here to shame you. We want to give you some simple truth tonight and share some personal stories, some victories, even some losses. Um, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to let you know, like you're not the only one, and uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a really really good time tonight. Um, so we're actually, you know, this is this seems weird um, to have a show called Coffee and Convos, and tonight we're not having coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, well, you know, quarantine life, you can only do so much. <laughs> <laughs> you can only do so much coffee. True, <laughs> um, but shout out, continued shout out to Symmetry Coffee and Crepes, uh, yeah. our local roaster. They are incredible. Um, they're you know based here in Ocala, Florida, and uh, Ted over there, the owner, he is just incredible. He is still roasting away in the midst of this crisis. And uh, I saw a picture today; it was so cool. He had uh, some chairs from the shop set outside on the sidewalk, of course, six feet apart. But he has this group of guys that come in every single day. Um, I think they're called the the coffee club or the breakfast club. I'm not sure what what they're <laughs> called. But anyway, it's a group of influential older gentlemen here in our city, and uh, and you know they used to visit the shop every day when you know this virus wasn't going on. And they came today, and they were all sitting on the sidewalk with their coffee, uh, six feet apart. And I just thought, man, even in the midst of this, people are still gathering. 
Yeah. And people are still, you know, uh, striving and, and going after relationships. And so shout out to Ted. You're doing a fabulous, phenomenal job over there stewarding community. And uh, we love you for that. Uh, but tonight we're actually drinking a drink that we made. Um, so a couple days ago, Sunday to be, um, um, we decided to have an entire day where we cooked and did uh, Disney recipes. You know, we love Disney so much. And so uh, on our Disney Instagram and our YouTube channel, we wanted to create a vlog where we did recipes from the Polynesian <laughs> Village Resort. And so uh, one of the famous drinks over there, if you've ever been to Disney, you'll know this drink. It's called Pog Juice, so Stitch Juice, whatever you want to call it. But it's basically guave nectar. Um, did I say that right? Guava. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a rapper. <laughs> guave, um, guava rapper. nectar juice, passion. <laughs> Sorry, passion fruit juice and orange juice, and it is incredible. Um, we made the mistake Sunday of using uh, guava like nectar, nectar. like the syrup. You're and, guave. <laughs> I was. <laughs> um, and so tonight, though, we use actual um, guava juice, and it tastes a lot better because we oh were like, God. why is this so sweet? I mean, it was like <laughs> rot your teeth out. And we used half of the like amount that they told us to put in of whatever it was. What was it? Um, I'm blanking. Uh, guava. Guava nectar. Oh, is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, oh. it, we, it was calling for six cups. Yeah. And so we, we only did, did like three. three. And it was so sweet. We were like, and how it, could they have done six? And then, yeah, then we realized we had done it wrong. <laughs> this is like probably two. This is like TMI for the podcast, but it looks like instant diarrhea. <laughs> it's <laughs> it like really if you was. want a good cleanse. Well, that's the way to go. Go that way. But no, we perfected it. And so we're sipping on that tonight. We, we've had coffee. We're just like coffeeed out right now. Yeah. So we, we wanted to switch up. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, COVID-19 is still happening in our world. I'm not even going to really talk on it. I think everyone is just sick of hearing about it. Um, but I did want to say we kind of had a terrible thing happen to us the other morning. Uh, so uh, Monday uh, morning. We um, we woke up to kind of something that we just weren't expecting. Becca comes in the house and says, hey, I think uh, someone broke into your car. And instantly, you know, my heart dropped and I we got outside and I noticed my, uh, my driver's door was cracked open and our trunk um, on the car was open. And so I opened the door and to my horror, you know, um, my entire side of my car was just destroyed. Um, papers everywhere they had went through literally everything in my front area and uh, unfortunately you know i had my concealed carry um, weapon in the glove compartment and they took that um they stole all my change and an iphone charger um random they left my so probably a teenager <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like laying on the seat was like a really expensive pair of sunglasses i'm so happy i still have those losing the gun was hard because it was a family gift um but you know, at the end of the day, um, we, in the moment, got a little scared, called the cops. You know, they came out, they dusted, they did all that kind of stuff. But, um, I, you know, in the moment, I was super scared because I think both of us honestly were scared just because we're like, this happened literally mm -hmm. feet away from our home. Yeah, you know, it was in our super, driveway. Like, just an invasion of privacy. Yeah. Like, and we don't know, like, my, 
my car, you know, in the glove box and center console has all kinds of documents for my registration, a bunch of stuff. And, um, you know, I tried my best to recall everything I had. And so we just been checking our, you know, accounts. But one of the things like when the cops left and Becca had gone to work, I came inside and I was just feeling really defeated. I felt like violated and I was just like, man, I can't believe someone was in my vehicle. Um, and the Lord's just like, I've got this. Yeah. And he said, instead of slandering the person that did this to you, why don't you pray for them? Mm. And I was like, pray for them? They better return my stuff. What are you talking <laughs> about? Pray for them. And the Lord's like, no, just pray. And so my two prayers for this person, I literally, every single morning when I wake up, I pray for whoever it is, um, that God would convict them, um, that they would turn away from that lifestyle and that God's love would envelop them and that yeah. they would feel a father's love because at the end of the day they're broken yeah and they're and they're doing stuff they're, they don't need to be doing and um wouldn't you know this is the kind of god we serve um today a close friend of mine reaches out and says hey i want to pay um for a brand new um gun for you and i said whoa like are you are you sure like that's that's expensive and he's like yeah i've been blessed and i want to bless you and um i text becca and i was in tears and i was just like man like little things like this that the God of the universe sees <laughs> and cares about and cares about that much. And like, like I told you, the, the weapon really didn't mean anything to me besides the fact that it, you know, was um, uh, someone in our family had given it to me. Um, that the sentimental value of that meant more than the actual value of yeah. the weapon. And God just sees that. And he provided me with just as nice of a, you know, gun brand new, and so, um, God's so, so good. And so, um, yeah, you know, that was, that was tragic. Um, but I think besides that, I know Peloton has been going great. Um, we've been working out hard on that and learning that bike more, building up resistance. Um, and so that's been, that's been really fun. But, um, Becca, why don't you introduce kind of tonight's topic and why we wanted to talk on this? So we're going to be talking about, as Josh said, depression and anxiety. <laughs> fun topic. <laughs> um, but I think it's such a relevant topic. Um, I think now more than ever, there are people who are really struggling in depression and anxiety more than there ever has been. Yeah. Or at least it's talked about more than it ever has been. And so um, I think people, especially now being quarantined, um, I think people are really starting to feel the effects of what it's like to be like isolated and um, have to, you know, having to live with social distancing and yeah. all of that, all of those types of things. So we really felt that it would be a timely message um, and hopefully you find it encouraging. And if you've never struggled with this, we hope that you continue to listen because yeah. you may one day struggle with it, struggle with it, or you 99% of the chance, you know, you know, someone who is struggling or yeah. will struggle with it. Um, so it's definitely good stuff to just know and be aware of. Um, and if you've overcome it, fantastic. We yeah. just hope you keep listening. Um, and for those of you who are struggling, know that we come with a heart um, so eager to serve and help and provide peace and hope to you. Um, there's no condemnation here. Um, yeah. Josh and I have both experienced different levels of um, anxiety and depression. Yeah. And so, um, so we come to you 
from walking from something like that um, and being able to walk in freedom. And so um, so that's kind so of the good. topic of why we wanted to talk about that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And just know, too, um, you know, we're, we're clearly we're not clinical experts. Oh my gosh, right. No. So we're not doctors. We're not, um, you know, psychologists. Um, however, you know, we've done a lot of research. Um, but tonight we want to come at more from the lens of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe if you're listening and you're not necessarily a believer, I still think you can apply these truths that we're going to give you to your life. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you'll see that, you know, the God of the universe isn't as bad as people make him to be, mm-hmm. that he is a good father, that he does care about his children. And um, and he does care about our depression and he cares about our anxious thoughts. And so, um, but I wanted to, to open up, we're going to kind of break these subjects down. Um, so I want to start with anxiety. And this is a personal battle. So for for those that don't know, um, about two years ago, I started um, feeling very anxious. And it started off very small, very little things like feeling anxious about my day, feeling anxious about my future. Then it started to feel anxiety towards my marriage. Um, it started to feel anxiety towards having a baby. Um, and it started building up to the point of literally there would be nights where I would wake up in sweat. Um, I would tell Becca, I don't know what's going on. I need you to take me to the hospital. Um, I remember one specific time I had so much anxiety. I went on to our back patio and I was burning hot. Yeah, he was and, like bright red and sweating. I mean, it was just like yeah, super overwhelming. Like I remember just like as a spouse watching you go through it and not being able to like fix it or yeah. know what to do. Yeah, but yeah, I remember and, that. And I, you know, I call it um, and I, and I mean it with uh, a whole heart. It it was two years of hell. Yeah, and um, not being able to sleep at night. Constantly just feeling like um, hopeless. Like I, I don't know. It, and if you struggle with anxiety to this to this degree, you know the feeling. And it got to the point where I couldn't even swallow food. Literally, literally could not you swallow lost, food. What forty pounds? Yeah. I think in one year. Yeah. Just from just from that alone. Yeah. Like we didn't weren't dieting. We weren't nope. really exercising. Like it was just because every time, like if we were in a group, yep. if we were in public, if it was anything like you would eat three bites of your meal. And that was like it, like the only way you could eat was at home. And even then it would take you forever yeah. to finish a meal. Well, and you know, most of the time I would, I would be in fear that I would choke. And so mm-hmm. I would chew something and then I'd spit it into a rag or a mm-hmm. napkin and throw it away. And, you know, it looked like I finished my meal, but I literally, you know, got rid of most of it. And so it walked through this horrible season of just like, and, and, and can I say this? Like in the middle of that battle, there was plenty of times where I did cry out to God. Mm -hmm. I did ask God to take it from me, Mm -hmm. but I truly didn't want to let it fully go. Mm. And I think there's a difference between crying out for help and truly saying, all right, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. I've had it. I can't take it. Mm-hmm. And what's wild is I would encounter people every time I would share you know, my struggle, I would encounter people who are struggling with the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would not believe, you know, it's crazy right now in our culture, one of the really big things um, people use, and like I said, there's no shame if you use this, definitely not shaming you by any means. Um, but people use uh, CBD oil, mm-hmm. um, a, you know, with THC and without it, 
um, to be able to, you know, stop the ang- the anxious thoughts and mm-hmm. be able to cope with reality. And it's become a thing where, I mean, I thought I was the only one who spit food up and struggled with swallowing. And then I found out, no, like in our church alone, I encountered six different people, yeah. all of the same story, all, you know, different. And it was pinpointing how it started, I think is key for me. I didn't realize how it started until I got into a prayer session, which we call, um, it's called a sozo ministry or inner healing. And uh, sozo is just the, the, simply the Greek word for saved, healed, and delivered. And I got in this session and literally it pinpointed, um, the Holy Spirit pinpointed exactly where the anxiety came from. Mm-hmm. And it, it came from a place of unforgiveness towards a close friend. And I walked through forgiveness and I'm telling you, I left that session feeling 10 times better. Did the anxiety stop immediately? No. And this is where, um, you know, Paul would write renewing of our mind comes into play. Mm-hmm. I had to renew my thoughts, how to think differently, even though, yes, Jesus had, had already paid for it. He set me free in the session, but I had to train my mind how to think different. So I want to give this scripture because um, I think this is huge. Uh, Matthew 6, and I love the subheading. It literally says this, the cure for anxiety so if you're listening, you're struggling with anxiety, Matthew 6 is the cure. Ready? I'm going to read it. Uh, Matthew 6, verse uh, 25. It says, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they are? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? My gosh, that can preach in itself. And why do you worry about your clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin or or thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of those. And that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow. Won't he do so much more for you? of little faith. Mm. So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I love Mm. Jesus's words. I mean, that that right there is the cure. Um, at the core of anxiety is worry. Worrying yeah. about things that are outside of our control, right? Our future. Tomorrow, I said this in the live stream to our students um, tonight, but I, I said, um, we we can't control whether we wake up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. My gosh, I know it's kind of, kind of morbid, but I mean, if I went to bed tonight and died, I can't control that. Yeah. Like God is in control and trusting an all-powerful, almighty God with our future. It's scary because we don't have control. And I think this is where it comes into lie. We as humans like to have control. And anxiety, as sick as this is, gives us a sense and an essence of control. Because we're controlling our, how we feel. Even though we're not, anxiety is controlling it, but we feel like we have control. Mm-hmm. And so... I love that Jesus is like, hey, are, are you worried? Like, uh, you know, we used the example earlier, but imagine walking outside and hearing like the grass and the trees like screaming, like, where's our water? Yeah. Where's our meal coming from? 
they don't do that. Yeah. They just grow. Yeah. And I feel like us as, you know, believers, like, we have to get to this place where it's like, why are we worrying? Yeah. As humans, why are we worrying? Mm -hmm. If the birds of the air have food and water, so won't we? Mm Mm-hmm. And I know the argument could be made. I know this kind of person. They would say, well, what about the the people over in Africa who don't have water? And I would say, you're right. There is struggle here on the earth that is outside of our control. But why am I going to worry about that? If God moves my heart to help, absolutely, go help. But I can't control that. Mm-hmm. God is still in control of that. And he's sovereign in that. And um, you had some great thoughts too, baby. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think, you know, with anxiety... so I struggled with anxiety. I think I've had like different bouts where I've struggled with anxiety, but I know for certain our first year of marriage, I like super struggled with anxiety, um, which was kind of crazy. Honestly, like I would never have expected that, you know, a lot of times you think you get married and you're like, happy, (laughs) perfect. And it wasn't even that it was our marriage. That was that way. It was, um, it was myself. It was like I, like the enemy used some of my biggest fears, used my past, used whatever mm. he could get his hands on to create this complete and utter pain and fear that I would, I just lived through. Um I mean, I would just, I would be constantly, like, anxious of, like, what Josh was doing or what he was thinking about or would he cheat or would he do this Mm. or whatever it could possibly be that was just so absolutely absurd. Um, Because let me tell you something. I married a good and loyal man who has never given me a reason to fear anything of the sort. Um, He is without a doubt unbelievable in that in that area of our life um and so the enemy was just using anything to make me just create these stories and i just really struggled with such intense anxiety that like i didn't know if i could handle like if Mm. this is what a marriage was going to be like forever like it was so hard for me um And like I said, it was all an illusion. Like, it was all just a lie because my marriage was beautiful and Josh was incredible. And we learned Mm. so much. And he was so patient throughout my times where I just, like, couldn't function with anxiety. To the point where he was like, listen, if we need to get counseling, we'll just get counseling. Like, whatever it takes to make you feel safe and secure in our marriage whatever it takes to help you get over this hurdle um, of whatever, like all of the different fears that you're struggling with. I mean, he just was willing to do whatever it took because watching me live this like lie and in this Mm -hmm. like just pit of utter hell, like he just wasn't having it. And so he's like, we'll do whatever it takes, (laughs) Um, which gosh, that, you know, gave me so many more reasons just to love him and his grace for me. Um, and knowing that it was a root of, you know, from the enemy, realizing that there were soul ties, realizing that there were other things that were playing into this and that it wasn't him. And so I think that was so key in our relationship that he didn't take it so personal Mm. that he knew that the enemy was really just attacking me. And so he began to stand beside me as that support and walk with me, um, 
instead of just being like, dude, you're crazy. <laughs> like, I don't know what I married, but this was, <laughs> you were not this way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that was just like a huge portion of my anxiety. And then um, I just remember working with the Lord and just like begging and pleading with mm-hmm. him. Like, I need you to, like, I can't live like this. I You have to take this away from me. And, um, and reminding myself of truth, reminding myself not only of the truth that Josh was to me, but the truth that God says who I am, mm. that God created me wow. to have a purpose, like that my life didn't revolve around him or my circumstances or what has happened to me in the past. Like I really had to build myself up, um, under, you know, under the father and just realize like God was the only source that I needed in that moment. And I really needed to just pull from there. And so once I began to do that, my anxiety started to dissipate. And then I remember, gosh, it was crazy. It was like probably sometime last year I was driving along and all of a sudden it hit me like an epiphany, like that I just didn't struggle with that anymore. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't remember the last time that I had like this fear and anxiety. Like, just fully trusting in who Josh was not struggling in anything like that, not struggling with, am I being a good wife? Am I a good mom? Am I a good and fill in the blank, whatever it was. She's a killer mom, y'all and wife. (laughs) Thank you. But just letting that anxiety rule my life. Um, it was such an incredible experience to, walk in the fact that wow like i'm not struggling this anymore like god's healed me yeah um and you know when josh and i talk about walking and healing um it's definitely not something where it's typically like one and done right it could be that would be awesome but most times it's a consistent battle and so just like anything else you kind of have to work at it and so even though we're healed and set free from it, doesn't mean that we we have to just like let our guard down and like whatever. It means that we have to guard our eyes, yeah. guard like whatever it is that's bringing Josh anxiety or me anxiety, putting a stop to it, taking our thoughts captive, yeah. deciding that, you know, when, when lies and things start to like flee into our mind saying, no, like you have to get out of here. Like yeah. we already walked in victory. We're already set free. We're not going to allow this in. Um, and so it's a, it's a daily reminder of like, just remembering what God's done and walking in it and saying, so no, we're done. Like, you don't get to have this victory because yeah. it's already won for me. Oh, so good. Yeah, and I and I just I want to keep taking us back to this idea, but anxiety is rooted in worry mm-hmm. and it's rooted in control. Mm-hmm. And so the moment we can realign our mind, you know, in um, polygraph test, one of the things they do um, – to, to kind of get you to square one is they do what's called control questions. So they'll ask you, where are you right now? Um, and you'll say, I'm in a room. What's in front of you? Table. Um, you know, what, what color are my eyes? Questions that realign you and kind of bring you back to point A. And I think that's what we have to do when mm, we start feeling anxious and we have to start feeling worry mm-hmm. is we have to say, okay, what's in front of me? Okay. I'm in my house. I have money in the bank. I have food in the refrigerator. I have a job. I have a beautiful family. And we have to start saying these things out loud to get our mind to refocus in and say, okay, that that little like knock at my door called worry, I don't need that in my house right no. now. I don't need that in my mind. I don't need to be anxious. And listen, just, just do this. Like say, you know what? 
I've controlled my life long enough, and yeah, it's got me some places, but it really hasn't got me that far. It's time to let go and just say, God, I'm trusting you. Mm-hmm. I know you have a perfect future because you say you do. And, uh, you know, I, I instantly think, you know, right now we're in the middle of Passion Week. In fact, tonight um, is kind of a dark moment in Passion Week, and it's where Jesus um, is, is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's crying out to the Father, and he says, God, if you would just take this cup, which yeah. the cup is crucifixion, it's going to the cross, and Jesus literally um, sweats blood, which scientifically um, he was under so much um, distress, so much worry, mm-hmm. so much anxiety mm-hmm. that caused him almost to forfeit his destiny. Mm-hmm. And I would just propose there's many of us who have been in our own Garden of Gethsemane and we're sweating and we're panicking. And there's been a lot of us who didn't choose the road that Jesus chose. Yeah. There's been a lot of us who said, all right, yep, God, take the cup. I'm done. Yeah, and God's like, if you would have just pressed a little bit harder, mm-hmm. literally, you're inches away from freedom. You're inches away from mm-hmm. breakthrough in your life, and uh, and anxiety is something that can be easily won. Whether it's a spiritual battle and you pray through it, and God takes you out of it. Whether it's getting inner healing and counseling, um, medication. Listen, I believe God heals through a plethora of platforms, but I do believe this that we have to stop. The very first thing we have to stop is worrying. Mm-hmm. Worrying will defeat us. It will control us. And so uh, next next kind of thing is depression. And these anxiety and depression go hand in hand. But with depression, what I find is, um, you know, because I've, I've had battles of depression. I wouldn't say I was a chronic um, depressed person. I think you would say the same, right? Like yeah. you, it wasn't depression, wasn't something that like you fought with for years. I would say I've had battles in my life of depression and um, in moments where that were worse than others, but depression is rooted in a place yet again of control. But it takes you to a place where you feel like you no longer have control of anything, and the only option is to form yourself into this cave. And eventually, that cave can actually lead to death, mm-hmm. which we would call suicide. And I want to read this. Um, or tell this story. So in in uh, Second Kings, or sorry, First Kings, nineteen, verse one through eight, we see the prophet Elijah. Now this is the guy who, I mean, he was powerful man. He called fire down from heaven on false prophets. He was tearing up the land. And there's this evil queen. Her name is Queen Jezebel, and she hated the prophets of God. She hated Israel, and she didn't want anything to do um, with Yahweh, the one true God. And so. She she basically makes Elijah fear for his life. He's she you know says, "Hey, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take you out." So Elijah gets afraid and he goes and he isolates himself in this cave, literally a cave, no one else around, and he falls into this slump of depression. We're talking about the prophet, the man of God, the guy who hears the voice of God, who should have all of it together, is now the guy who's depressed, alone, afraid, fearful. And um, I love this because the Bible says that Elijah had had stopped eating. He wasn't sleeping. And this shows you the humanity and the just, oh, man, the beauty of God. Mm. It says that God sends ministering angels to Elijah in the form of a meal and restful, peaceful sleep. Mm. Now, pause. Hold up. You're telling me 
The God who could just went in there and said, Elijah, get your lazy butt up. Stop being afraid of this lady. Go and declare my promises and my truth over the land. Instead, God says, I'm going to meet Elijah in the midst of his depression. Yeah, I'm going to meet his needs. I'm going to meet him in his in his needs, the things that he wanted. And he eats this meal and he gets a restful night of sleep. And I love that, man, in, in the middle of this um the story, these things, the sleep and this food are the things that give Elijah strength to go back out and fight. And God, this is the kind of God he is. He will meet you if you allow him in the middle of, listen, and Elijah, by the way, this is the part of the story that's really dark. He says to God, God, just kill me. Yeah. Take me away. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm done. Right. He was at the point we could say, that was suicide. We could say he didn't want to be on this earth anymore, right? And usually when a person gets to that point of saying things like, I no longer want to be here, um, for those um, you know who are in psychology or those who do some kind of counseling, we would say that's a good place to be because you're tired of everything else that you actually want change. Mm-hmm. And by you saying, hey, I don't even want to live anymore. I would I would look at that person and I say, you know what? Good. Because now I can actually get through to you and say, what do you want in life? Hmm. What are the things that you've always been craving? For Elijah, it was sleep and food. Mm-hmm. He was tired. He was yeah. hungry. And what are the things in your life? If you're listening right now and you're depressed, what are the things? Listen, let's go back to the worry and control thing. You can't control what was done to you. You can't control what's going to get done to you, mm-hmm. and you can't definitely control the future. Um, and and I wish all of us had time machines that can go back and rewrite time, but we can't. So right now in this moment that you have, what are the things that if you could say, man, I just wish I had these things. Mm-hmm. I wish I had joy. I wish I had peace. Man, I wish I was just happy and I could laugh again. And then I would ask you, ask yourself, what what are ways to get those things back in my life? Maybe it's a relationship that's causing you to feel that way. Maybe it's media that you're listening to, music. I, we can name some stuff. Maybe it's an addiction. Um, but we find our place. We find ourselves in this place of depression. And and can I just say, like, when we find ourselves in that place, the thing that we need to be asking ourselves is God, I need to see you. Even if I can't physically see you, and even if there's a dark cloud around me that's causing me not to be able to necessarily feel, God, I just need to see you, whether it's in Scripture, whether it's through someone. And can I just say, that's the hope that we hold on to. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the light, and He is the hope that guides us through the battle and the fog of depression. And um, what's your thoughts, baby? So... When we were preparing for, like, this and the City Light Youth, you know, um, Josh had said something along the lines of, like, saying something about, like, me struggling with depression. And I remember that kind of sticking with me because I was like, hmm, like, I don't think I've ever struggled with depression. And he brought up the season of when we, you know, we're struggling to have Jude. And um, so I was like, hmm. And so I began to kind of just pray on that. And, um, and I, cause I had, I did not like receive that or take that as me walking in depression. Like I just didn't. And so I just was, you know, asking the father about it. I was like, what is that? Um, 
you know, revealed to me like what I was feeling or like what we were walking Mm -hmm. through. And I had just felt the Lord say that I think that as humans, we are going to face circumstances, situations, seasons, whatever it may be of sometimes sadness, of hardships, of whatever it could be. And it might be a prolonged sadness. And sometimes I think that it gets misconstrued as depression. And so, um, and then I think what the enemy does is he slips in because he's not clever. (laughs) He slips in and he wants to then write that over your life. And so he wants you to feel depressed yeah. and he wants you to say, you know what? I think I'm kind of depressed or yeah. I think I'm struggling in this. And this isn't to discount anyone who is struggling in depression and who is having this, but I'm saying there are situations I think that it starts as this and ends in depression. Yeah. And so I think wow. sometimes it, once that lie is cast over your life, you then begin to believe that lie a little bit day by day. And so by the end of it, you are depressed. You are struggling in depression. Your season then prolongs and prolongs from what it could have been if you had said, this is a season where it's a little bit sadder, but you know what? My hope is in God. God will provide. God's going to bring me through. And so instead of casting it in that moment, you kind of wear it and you say, you know what? I'm going to wear the cloak yeah. of depression because wow. that's what I feel or that's wow. what the world is telling me I am. And so, um, so that was something that the Lord kind of revealed to me. Um, and so it's really stuck with me all day long. I can't really stop thinking about it. But, um, and so I think for some, it's just a matter of perspective change. It's a matter of shifting the thoughts that come into our mind and how to kind of pull out the ones, pull out the weeds of the bad ones. Yeah. And then, you know, with depression and even anxiety, what does it do? What's the the saying? It's the misery loves company or company <laughs> loves something like that. But when you feel that way, if you're not completely isolating yourself, you'll tend to drift towards people who are in that same state of mind. Wow. And so, because you don't really want to be around anyone who's trying to tell you truth. You don't really want to be around anyone who's happy and perky because you're yeah. just over them. Yeah. And so um, what do you do? You, you decide to take your dead body and lay it with another dead body. And all it does Ooh, is create death <laughs> instead of life. And so, um, gosh, I just, it's so, um, oh, it's so important to take yourself, um, and get alone with the father, you know, like in the passage that Josh read about God praying through his anxiety. I mean, that's literally the key. It sounds so simple and almost insignificant um because you're just like well shouldn't i be doing other things like stop and pray like if jesus god's perfect son had to pray through his anxiety that was the (laughs) first thing that he did yeah don't you think that we should be following suit and praying and so it's so important to do that to just instead of trying to fill your mind and fill your whatever your um 
your intake of whatever it is, stopping and saying, no, I'm just going to soak in the presence of the Father. I'm just going to listen to what he has to say about this. And I'm going to allow him to take this situation. Um, so, yeah. You just gave, literally, this This is the key that we're going to end with to, uh, tonight for this episode. Uh, Philippians 4. I love this. Verse 6. It says, don't worry about anything. But in everything, through what? Prayer (laughs) and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, Mm. which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything moral excellence, if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Mm. This is the key for anxiety and depression. You ready? It's You're going to say, Josh, why am I listening to this? I'm just going to stop. It's prayer. Yeah. Prayer is the source because here's the thing. Prayer if we now, if we view prayer as just a religious routine, you know, that we do before bed or or whatever, and we're not really meaning it, it's just words, then this this just bypass what I'm getting ready to say because it has no effect. So you need to probably switch your mind on how you view prayer. Prayer is conversational, mm. it's relational, and God is inviting us to the table to feast with him, to sit with him and commune with him. Mm-hmm. And prayer is that thing, because here it is. If we present our request, what's our request? Well, my request is anxiety. My request is depression. God, here they are. I'm Mm -hmm. giving them to you knowing I can't control either one. I don't have the fixes, but you do. Mm -hmm. And then watch this. This is the key with prayer. Besides just, you know, pouring and kind of vomiting all of our stuff at God, we say, God, thank you. That you're able. Thank you, God, that you paid for my depression. You paid for my anxiety on the cross and that, God, now I can walk in freedom. God, thank you. Mm -hmm. We said this in a past podcast, but thankfulness increases our awareness of God's presence in our life. Mm. So real quick, 10 seconds. I want us to pause and I just want us to think of 10 things to be thankful for. And I want us to repeat them out loud. So I'm going to say mine. You don't have to say the ones I'm going to say. Think of 10 things you can be thankful for. Ready? God, I thank you for my beautiful wife. God, our beautiful marriage. I thank you for my wonderful son, Jude. God, I thank you for my ministry position. God, I thank you for uh, being able to take this next breath. God, I thank you for food in the refrigerator. Father, I thank you for this home, Jesus, that you provided. God, I thank you for my vehicle. God, I thank you for close friends and family. God, I thank you that even in the midst of war and chaos, you give me peace. God, thank you for your overwhelming love. And just maybe sit there for a second. And allow that wave of peace, the peace that Paul writes to us in Philippians, that surpasses all understanding, doesn't make sense to overwhelm us. This is the place God wants us to be. And if I'm just honest with you, you could continue to try other means and You might succeed sometimes, but if we're just being honest, I think the battle of depression and anxiety oftentimes is lost when we try to do it ourselves. Yeah. And um, 
And I think to add to the thankfulness when you when we say that we're thankful, I think it's also then walking in in victory, like praying with expectation, knowing that God's going to provide. And so after you saying you're thankful, you say, I am free of anxiety and depression. I am going to walk in wholeness. And so declaring those things over your life automatically shifts Shifts the atmosphere, yes. shifts your thought process, That's so good, and allows the enemy to not be able to come at you. And so, um, because you're sealing, you're sealing that request with the mm. Father, um, and then just walking in that victory that He's already called and, and He's already won the battle for. Yeah, and here's the deal: God, God's already paid for it on the cross. That's so right. when we choose to trust in depression and anxiety, especially as believers. We're saying the cross isn't powerful enough mm-hmm. to free me of it. <sighs> and listen, I don't ever want to be in a, in a place where I look to God and say, you're not powerful enough to deal with my stuff. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, God's plenty of powerful, right? Mm-hmm. He is plenty able to take it away. But he's saying, will you posture your heart mm-hmm. to allow me to take mm-hmm. it away? And so um, hopefully this has been good for you guys. Hopefully there's some... Um, nuggets of wisdom in here and uh we we wanted to keep this podcast uh short um so uh but we look forward to being with you guys again and uh thank you so much for for listening listen uh if you know someone that's struggling with mental health with anxiety depression share this podcast with them let them know there is hope there is encouragement out there and uh, we would love to help if there's anyone if you're a listener and you would just be honest i need someone to hold me accountable reach out to myself and becca mm-hmm. And uh, and we would love uh, to be able to help. Baby, did you have something you want to say? Oh, um, I just wanted to share an example of what we did when we prayed with expectation for um, our son. Yeah. And so um, at the time, we had just been praying for a child, yeah. um, boy or girl. We had leaned toward the fact that we had felt that we were going to have a little boy, um, but didn't know. And so when we, man, when we were just going through the months and months and months of just in the year of just struggling, um, we had decided that that was it. Like we were not gonna, we were not gonna allow the enemy to steal our joy any longer. And so we went out and we'd bought a little baby boy (laughs) outfit and a little baby girl outfit. And we had prayed over them and we had set them in the room and praying with expectation that we were going to put together our nursery, whether we had a baby or not, knowing that God was going to give that baby to us. And then we'd also worn this yellow band. It was a series our church was doing, but it was talking about praying bold prayers. And so we had worn that bracelet and prayed every single day until yeah. the Lord provided the answer of that prayer, which was our little boy, Jude. Yeah. Um, and so just there's so much victory in in praying with expe- ex- expectation and knowing that God's going to provide. And so yeah. I really hope that that encourages you. Um, and I agree if you need if you need anything or need someone to hold you accountable or someone to help point you to where you, where that next step is, whether it be, you just need help knowing where a a good counseling area is or who to, who to contact after, um, you know, we're happy to help. And so thank you for, thank you for listening. Yeah. And, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for, for just listening and subscribing to us. We we so appreciate all of our listeners, and uh, we can't wait for next week's episode. We are doing the one where we talk Disney, part two. 
mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to kind of dig a little bit deeper into our love for Disney and share some tips and insider info. So it's going to be a good one. Don't miss it next Friday. Uh, but until then, guys, thank you so much for joining us around the table tonight. And we love you. And we'll see you next Friday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.